0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the 4Jack Podcast. On today's show, we have a chat with Drew Kohler of Blue Tees Golf. Blue Tees Golf is a rangefinder company based out of San Francisco, and to be completely honest, a bit of a disruptor brand in the industry. Drew describes how they looked at the market and decided that a more affordable, fun option was needed, which is exactly what they set out to do. This is a really fun interview that we hope you all enjoy. Cheers.
1: here it comes.
2: Oh, my goodness.
1: Welcome to the Four Jack Podcast.
2: This one could be very nice.
0: Welcome back to the Four Jack Podcast, brought to you by our friends over at Jackson Labs. Back in the lab today on, you know what? I'm actually glad to be inside, to be honest, because it looks like a day that might be the end of Edmontonian summer. But like, oh, dude, don't say that. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's it's got the it's got it the feels, you know. Like honestly, a northerly came in today, and I was like, oh, geez, that feels chilly. But yeah, I don't know. I don't want to talk about Edmonton weather because it just, you know what? It's honestly just depressing to even think of. So I'm going to talk to someone that brings a little more optimism, positivity to our lives here. Say hello to the fellas first. Parksy, what up?
2: Yeah, man. West Coast uh, action is kind of the same. Like it's, it's, I don't, I hate to say it's the end of summer, but it really could be like slipping into fall here. More importantly, we have a really cool guest on the show tonight, and this is a cool sort of disruptor concept which i love so these guys have taken this sort of a pain point in the industry and we've all complained about this it's not okay to pay an exuberant amount of money for a product but we all do it anyway and these guys have kind of put their foot in it and changed the game a little bit here so this is going to be a really cool one for our listeners they they really need to hear this story and i'm stoked to get into it with these guys
0: cool yeah i love it Next
3: up, the man that's always here with me, Tombo, what's happening? Not too much, bud. Park C, you said it amazingly right there. Yeah, just excited to have another entrepreneur on the program today, dive into his story. I know he's based out of San Francisco, so maybe hear a couple stories from the Bay Area. TPC Harding Park just happened for us, and uh, yeah, excited to dive into it today. Absolutely. And speaking of said guest, we have uh,
0: Drew Kohler from Blue Tees Golf today. Drew, how are you?
1: Place. I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. We appreciate it. Oh, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure, man.
0: So what's been cracking? You know, you're San Fran boys, stuck over in, uh, in the Bay Area. I hope you were one of those people that was peering through the fence over at uh, the PJ <laughs> Championship this past weekend. <laughs>
1: you know what it was so cold and so gloomy i have to admit that i hopped on a flight down to southern california and was in la and orange county all weekend wearing flip-flops shorts and t-shirts golfing so um, i definitely did escape uh the cold weather this weekend.
0: <laughs> okay i got i got a question asked then because i heard <laughs> yeah i heard this today and i mean obviously i don't know this i'm not a historian and i'm not a i'm not a big reader in the old stuff by any stretch but there was once a quote that was said that was from Mark Twain, which proved to be wrong. Cold, the coldest, coldest summer he, ever
1: had was a winter. In, uh, coldest, the coldest yeah.
0: winter he ever spent was a summer in, in San Francisco. Is it really that freaking cold there, like in the summer? It's the yeah. marine layer, man.
2: It's
0: killer.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking out the window right now, guys, and it's overcast and foggy. We've named our fog here Carl. Like, we have Carl. a name for the fog. It is so <laughs> prevalent. Um nice. Well, Carl. Yeah, be us uh, we today. get in, we get Indian summers up here,
0: man. It's September, October, we're good to go. Just dries out, and then you don't get that marine layer, hey. So August is actually yeah. called August. Is that is that pretty accurate?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you are watching the footage from this weekend, right? Like that is not random. That happens all the time. I mean, I keep a beanie in my golf bag. That's right, which you. is not great to say.
2: Interesting. That's pretty cool, though. In
3: and like, a, yeah, just that that exists in San Francisco, where yeah, you kind of have a cold summer where you got to be prepared for it is kind of like an interesting thing as a golfer to like, yeah, I'm going to go on a golf trip. We're going to go down to Bandon then we're going to go down to San Francisco and you show up and it's like, I hope you brought pants <laughs> layered up.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, uh, the golf course right close to the blue tees office, is called Presidio golf course. Great mm. public track. I mean, it looks like a country club, but when we have friends that come in from out of town uh, they'll show up in shorts and a t-shirt and we kind of look at them and we're like, so you didn't take our advice, like, where's the windbreaker? Where's the hoodie? Are you, are you sure about this? And, you know, they're puffing out their chest, and they're like, oh, no, no, I'll be fine. And you get about seven holes in, and they kind of look at you like, oh, shit. Yeah. I should have listened. I this made was a true. mistake. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what, did you uh, get a chance to watch any of the golf this past weekend? And I mean, I'm sure you live out there. I'm sure you've had a taste of Harding Park. Did it, do you think it lived up to the expectations?
1: I mean, it It looked beautiful, right? I mean, some of those drone shots they showed were just absolutely gorgeous. Um, We got to play the course probably about a a week or so before uh, they shut it down. Um, I mean, I know that the commentators kept on commenting on the rough, right? You know, six inches, super gnarly. You never know how the ball is going to play. Um, And it's obviously 100% true. I mean, I wish that I had somebody looking for all of my golf balls that went into the rough because I'm that guy that'll hit it out there and then can't find it and got to drop. Yeah. Um, but it looked beautiful. The players had nothing but good things. And I mean, the, the shot that was heard around the world or saw around the world, right? 16 by Colin driving the green, like, oh my God, right?
2: His, that was insane. Big cojones, man. I'll say it again. Big cojones. Right? Like, oof, that is just like, that is a studly, studly step up move. Wow.
0: We, we were kind of talking about this last night on our tour pod, and we were looking at like the top 10 of the leaderboard, and you really, it was hard. You were hard pressed to find someone in that top 10 that was not like a pure athlete, and how the game looks right now. Do you feel that... Like watching that and then seeing a course that you know very well, like watching guys like literally rip that little baby cut at 16 and, you know, seven feet and other guys are just ripping stick everywhere. Do you feel like the game is in a good place with stuff like that? Like, is that really something that impresses you? And we can kind of dip into, you know, the big golfer for Bryce and I mean, being a distance guy like yourself and something like I an mean, athlete.
1: I think it's cool. Like, I love it personally. I mean, I'm, I'm watching uh, this weekend with my pop. We played golf in the morning on Sunday and then got back around one o'clock Pacific. So right before some of the, I guess, the leader groups teed off and we were so engaged. And I mean, to see 23 year olds right out there ripping it like that. And then you've got DJ who's in his uh, you know 30s and you've got Paul Casey. Like, I think it's really cool. To see one, just the the large amount of competitive golf that's being played. Two, I just think golf's a lot cooler right now. I forget yeah. who it was, but somebody, Eric Van Van something, was Van rocking Royne. joggers, like yeah, rocking oh joggers, a like camo hoodie and a beanie. Like that's a hot that's, button that's, for our team here. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Good good or bad hot button.
2: I love it. I love 50, 50,
3: it. 50-50, 50-50. I don't know. know it's come a different on. Look. You had
0: your pants rolled up at Bear Mountain trying to rock this look. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, For sure. Oh, there's the bus. So let me just get in front <laughs> yeah. of it. Okay, thanks, bro.
3: I think it's good. Oh. Creativity is what it comes down to. And I like that that aspect of like life is being brought into the game. And it's like a cool thing. Like we've seen it here. It's impossible to get tea times right now because everybody's out playing golf. They're getting into it because it's that escape from the COVID world. That, like, hey, I can go hang out with my buddies, do something safe. And then. You have people like Eric Van Royen with his joggers, and like there's this cool vibe around it. You see Colin Morikawa at 23, one of four people to win a major at 23. Do it, he did it on 16, and it's like yeah, it's in a pretty good place right now. Stud. You know,
2: it's different too because I saw this morning on Golf Channel that they had they did a content piece with him over in Japan before the Zozo, and they had Colin Morikawa out, and they had they were in some kind of shoe some kind of exclusive sneaker shop in Tokyo and and he's talking about a shoe game and, and how he's into these kinds of sneaks and stuff. And it's interesting to to dive into like the personality side of golf because we've never had a window into that previously. And now it's like it's kind of evolving to this all inclusive all these different pieces kind of add up to it. You know, the story is important now. It's not just about the talent anymore. It's like what goes on behind the scenes. So yeah, it's really cool. I think golf's in a great place. Drew, you agree?
1: I do. I mean, I, I also love seeing Jason day where Nike Air Max is out totally. there, right? Like that, that's just cool to me. Like golf yeah, is now dope. becoming cool.
2: Yeah, and it's fashionable man super fashionable right yeah. it's not the plaid pants and like the the stiff shirts anymore there's a little style a little swagger so it's friends fun.
3: at the goat track them what they're doing and that yeah it's just cool to see brands like that that bring more of like yeah we don't have to be that yeah that stuffy country club vibe of like this is what you wear to like okay they're like be creative in it represent you like you're not wearing holes in your t-shirts or like I don't know. Maybe you could at some places write a good Muni track. Like I'm not against that. No sleeve Steve would appreciate, it. <laughs> <laughs> but just
0: getting away from like the horizontal stripe polo and your beige khakis. Absolutely. You know, yeah. This
3: is a this is a really good segue
2: for us to kind of dive into the disruptor path and like yeah. st- deviating away from the straight and narrow of what golf was, and give us a little insight into your golf background, Drew, and then talk us into how sort of Blue Tees Golf came to be.
1: Yeah. um, So I'm one of five partners at Blue Tees and the the predominant group grew up in Southern California. So really, really fortunate, right, to live in a place that is golf weather um, year round. And so um, kind of ironically and and counterintuitive, um, I actually grew up playing ice hockey and so did one of our partners (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's very
2: that's very canadian of you we like that right
1: <laughs> yeah um and so you know golf was i think a pretty natural transition for him and i when we were young um the other guys on our team grew up playing golf um, our ceo chris actually took golf as an elective in college down in san diego like a pretty no-brainer elective if you ask me yeah sounds like you um, that the same it, yeah. san diego yeah.
3: that uh Paige sporanic went to
1: <laughs> um, i actually don't know if Paige went to point loma then they're definitely uh in the same in the same spot okay. there okay. <laughs> um we'll have to fact yeah, check we all, that one <laughs> yeah but we all grew up in southern california man and um love the game of golf right i mean we're we're kind of the everyday golfer right like we're not taking it too seriously we got the you know the jbl out there the tunes rocking um you know, we've got untucked shirts, um, but we love the game of golf. Um, there's only one really good golfer on our team. He happens to be a three, but the rest of us are just like average dudes. And, um, kind of the story of blue tees goes, um, I would never buy a Bushnell rangefinder because I'm not good enough to warrant spending $500. Right. Like that's just me personally. Yeah.
0: Unless you worked in the business and you got a deal.
1: I got a deal right but like I don't need a, don't need to measure humidity right or wind direction or stuff (laughs) right I'm trying to get a good good reading am I hitting eight or nine and I just don't want to fly the green and so I went on Amazon um, to try to find an inexpensive rangefinder got one had a lot of good reviews Um, it was accurate but it broke like physically the eyepiece broke and so um, I was like, huh, that's kind of a bummer. I'm um, to get a new one. Nothing happened there. And so rinse and repeat that happened to me a couple of times. Um, and actually also happened to one of my best friends, Chris, who I grew up with, who's also the CEO and one of our co-founders. Um, and with that, um, Chris had once upon a time and actually still runs and started an e-commerce business online, uh, Sweat undershirts, shameless plug real quick for Chris, Aegis Inc. They're awesome. Awesome, um, But but he grew that from zero to a couple million. And so we kind of looked at each other and we're like, hey, there's an opportunity to take everything that you've learned over here and apply this to the game of golf. And we believe there's a market for really high quality, accessible, and kind of better looking or cooler looking golf laser range finders. And so that's how Blue Tees um, was born in a nutshell. I love that.
2: Yeah, that's very cool. I mean, it's nice to know that somebody's willing to take that risk and and step into an industry that's kind of just like there's a bully out there that sort of owns it. And it's nice that you guys took that took that challenge on. So that's really cool. Thank you. Thank you.
3: Yeah. So where did thank you? Where did the <laughs> there's five of you? So where does everyone kind of fit into this matrix? Like who's who and what are you guys up to?
1: Yeah. So uh, Chris is our our fearless leader man so he runs our operations and at the end of the day he makes sure that we've got money in the bank um and he makes sure that we all do our parts shut um, out chris i like yeah chris is like chris is we need chris directing traffic um, that's the key i, pre- I appreciate chris yeah seriously as well. out there telling you this way that way um and then as we think about kind of building a business right step two is like okay do you have a creative director or somebody who can actually design a product who has a technical expertise, um, who knows UX? And so one of our best friends who I grew up play, playing ice hockey with met him when I was in second grade, Brandon, actually went to school for this. So product design, UX design, packaging, right? He is kind of this MacGyver in this space. And so Brandon really leads the creative direction of the group. Um, Fast forwarding, our go-to-market strategy is predominantly e-commerce. Um, that's how we're able to offer these range finders at 199 USD and 179 USD and not make all those markups. Um, and so with that, we've got to think about, well, how can we scale and target our consumers um, from a performance marketing standpoint? So I was lucky enough to meet who a guy named Christian who has become one of our dear friends. He's one of our partners, and he is kind of our performance marketing guru um and then we've got another gentleman on our team named christian wheeler fun facts about christian dude dates my sister wow and i think he's going to become Dicey. part of my family someday Dicey. and first day in college Working with great guy good call um yeah but no so and then christian has a background uh he used to be an agent so he actually okay. has like a really good purview into this world of content creation and development and branding and has really taken upon himself to make sure that we have happy and satisfied customers. And then last but not least, I have to give kind of the sixth fearless member of our team, Colby, a shout out. Colby kind of acts as a, an intern for us or a jack of all trades. Um, couple of days ago, just a funny story about Colby and and how much we love the kid and how important he is to our business. Um, We had an order that was taking too long to get out. It was a couple hundred units order to a a large golf distributor, a well-known one. And we called Colby in the morning and said, hey, Colby, we're going to put you on a plane to Dallas. We have to get you to the warehouse. Um, We need you to pick up these 300 rangefinders and actually physically take them to Los Angeles. Are you game? kid, kid you not goes, all right, I can be at the airport in 15 minutes, I'm like <laughs> five minutes from San Diego International, like I will be there. And so Colby is the sixth member of our team. Love him to death. What a um, and he really wow. just helps us out in whatever ca- uh, capacity we need. I love it. So the, I want to
0: dip into something because you kind of talked about the e-commerce side of it, like how you, was it Chris that started in that side? That would have been very interesting to kind of dip into the rangefinder market. And I mean, if you were to jump on you know, a few years ago, jump on jungle scout and kind of cruise through Amazon and just be like, okay, so what are like the numbers on this? You'd only have a couple brands in there anyways. And the sale, like the sales that you would have per month on say a Bushnell would be astronomical. So how did you look at that number and kind of go, okay, this, the risk factor on this is extremely low. There's good margins there. And like the sales are always high. So What kind of information were you taking from, I'm not sure what program or software you're using, but I I mean, I always use Jungle Scout and it was like, you could kind of see that. Like, I'm interested to know, like, how you kind of put that together.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, the golf space itself is like, it's really saturated, right? There's only so many things that you can disrupt, Mm -hmm. right? I mean there's a lot of apparel out there, right? Like we're not going to be a Travis Matthew or a Grayson Clothier, right. Or a house of gray, right. I mean, they've got that market covered. Um, The golf glove space is, you know, pretty saturated as well. And, and we don't have the R and D budget, right. To be a Titleist or a Taylor made or a Callaway, right. Like though, like that's just not going to happen. so when we took a step back and when we got those range finders we're like, well, Hey, this is really interesting, Bushnell dominates this space. There are a couple of other big brands, optics companies, right? Like a, a Nikon um, has a really nice range finder. That's like 450 though. Uh, Garmin has one that's a GPS one. And then we started looking into this more and what we realized was a lot of the inexpensive rangefinders on Amazon were direct from overseas. And so our whole thought process here is like, huh, we could probably disrupt this. And so to your initial question, um, Chris, we have a couple of programs of where we actually looked at like search volume and search query for these keywords, short form, long form, right? Things like rangefinder or golf accessories for men and women, right? And over time, we realized very quickly, wait, there's a lot of volume on Amazon being searched. There's a lot of volume on Google, but there's not a lot of optionality here. Mm -hmm. And so it's a big market. There are a lot of golfers. We don't need to be Bushnell, but if we can come in here and provide a service or an offering that these other organizations aren't, let's rock and roll. Let's do it. So that's kind of how we thought about it in the beginning.
0: Mm -hmm. I I think that you'd find a lot of the different options. Yeah, like you saying, they're all coming from overseas, and obviously Bushnell dominates that. But I mean, if you yeah. were to dip over to like the Canton Fair and actually probably see how many range finders are out there, you'd find thousands upon thousands. But it's like finding that niche. Like, I kind of went down a similar path of looking at the e-commerce market, dipping into Amazon, and I did want to focus on golf. But it was the same thing as what you just said. It's like, what do you do? There's only so few things that you can actually touch without trying to face the big guys. I mean, we've spoken with uh, one of our friends who's a Mizuno rep, and it's like, that's a big company, and they're still struggling to keep up to the big five. And it's like, okay, so if, as a smaller brand, how are you finding that niche? Where where are you going to dip your toe into? And it's it's impressive that you
3: kind of found that market there. Thank you. Yeah, what was that like time when you guys were all together? Was they're just one or two of you at first where you were kind of like, okay, was it a necessity thing of like, yeah, you went through that issue of the range finders and then you're like, oh, this is the opportunity now. Maybe we should explore a business around this. Or was it like, we need to build a business in the golf market. What do we look for? Was it kind of a natural probably, thing?
1: I, I'd say I'm sorry to cut you off. was probably the former. I think I know. I mean, I, I remember when I, I'm a freshman in college I'm sitting down at dinner with with one of the christians on our team and we always wanted to have our own company and we talked about like christians got a company called mr nibbler that's like a fingernail catcher right we talked <laughs> about doing it's wild it's really funny actually uh, we talked about um like we've got there's like Nicorette gum out there but like what about nicotine coated toothpicks right so we've always thought about like well we want to start our own thing and then i think what's really cool is our our ceo our fearless leader chris he actually dipped his toe in the water before we did right and so while we definitely took that leap of faith it was almost like a calculated risk more calculated than just free-flowing because we could rely on his experience but we saw the opportunity tom and like oh my god rangefinders, like the economics are really good it hasn't truly been disrupted there's a lot of market shit or market share here so like oh shit
3: we got to let's, do something
1: mm-hmm. let's let's go like if we're going to do it let's put our money where our mouth is and we've said that we wanted to build something all these years now let's actually do it
3: i love hearing that that's so sad. How,
2: yeah that's exciting man how has the marketing piece what's the driving force between Bringing on brand ambassadors and what was yeah. what was that conception like on your end?
1: Yeah, so from a brand ambassador standpoint, I mean the the four of or the yeah well, five of us were or four of us were introduced through a, a contact Blair Wheeler, right? And so Blair, super cool dude. For those of you guys who don't know, Blair, um, North Carolina guy, used to be a professional surfer, worked for Imperial Hats, and has really built this social following around his quest to break eighty. And when we were kind of looking at the influencer market, Blair was one of the first people that really embodied kind of what we saw in in our ideal customer, right? Somebody who takes golf serious, but is having fun. Yeah, It's kind of the everyday average dude, but has interests outside of golf, you know, surf, CrossFit and whatnot. And so as we thought about our influencers in the beginning, it's who are really relatable people. So you've got somebody like a Blair, um, there's a guy named DJ who's just been so friggin' cool to us and is connected to us with so many people. And so, from a brand building perspective, it was, how can we bring on people who have a like-minded mission as us, right? Who really like golf, that have interest outside, who we believe are honestly cool and have an engaged following. Yeah,
0: Blair was a very interesting person to us. Like, it was a great guest, was unbelievable pod with him, and I just like. Yeah, very relatable, like you said. And I mean, it was like, yeah, I would love to go play golf with you. Like this is not stressful. This is just like, hey, let's just go see what happens, man. Like this could
1: be fun. Yeah, yeah it's and- easy that, to it's, talk to. You know? Yeah, it's
2: nice to be on a level with people that are like, like you said, you know, they love golf. They have other interests, but it's not a professional thing. They're not doing it for a paycheck, so that takes that layer away. And it's just like you know, you can vibe with somebody like that, or or no, like Chris said it's stress-free. You're just going to go have a fun time. It's not, you're not worried about trying to be somebody or not, or, or show up and be a player. Right. So that, that's and, fun.
1: Yeah. And and to that point though, also, right. As we think about just the mission of blue tees, right. And bringing high quality golf products to everybody at an accessible price point, like as we think about like our profitability matrix, we can't afford to go pay a Dustin Johnson, right? Or a Colin Murakawa or, you know, a Kepka millions of dollars to endorse blue tea. So from a marketing standpoint, right? Like these micro influencers are so important to our business, to get the message out and to share this with their following. And the conversation that I have with everybody in the beginning is like, look, I'm going to send you one of these for free. I want you to actually take this out and rock with it. And if you like it, and if you think that it's good and you'll actually endorse it authentically, let's then have the conversation. And if you don't, that's fine. Like no skin off my back, no skin off your back. We had the chat. You, you used it. You don't like it. That's okay. Send it back and we can go on our merry way. And so with somebody like Blair, right, authentic dude, has a great following and he took it out there and he rocked with it and he liked it. So let's let's continue to move forward. And that's important to us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So- and Sorry, Parks. For someone who's analyzing kind of like the influencer sphere, obviously the last couple of years and now entering into the pandemic golf boom, what has it been like kind of what two parts of that? What's it been like the last couple of years seeing this rise in golf influencers, someone like Blair, and then to now in the say the last four and a half months where it becomes so popular that people are starting to open up those accounts and try and push something. How has that been for
1: you guys? Um, Well, like I just think people are playing more golf now, right? And just in terms of golf influencers, right? Like we knew from the get go that we wanted to have an e-commerce focused go to market strategy. It's where we can maximize the ROI of all of our marketing dollars. We can hyper-target people, right? We know that our dollars are going in the right place. Um, And so I think we were almost lucky that this was like built into our strategy. And we were very proactive about it in the beginning versus like a reactive, oh my God, COVID's hit our, you know, event dollars now have to go to influencer dollars. And so for us, that was always built into the blue tea strategy. I don't know if that answers your question, Chris, but that's how we kind of thought about it from the get-go. It's like, these guys are gonna be massive to us in every way, shape, and form.
0: Yeah, it, I think that answers a part of it. It's more just like, what is your opinion on, well, for one, I mean, how big has it gotten with these influencers in the last little while? And also your opinion of the influencers but, okay, this is actually an addition to this question but <laughs> <laughs> the
2: the it's opinion of on.
0: these influencers like in golf like you talk about a guy like Aaron, Eric Van Rooyen who's changing the style and this guy's doing that and that guy's doing that it's like I think from your perspective taking advantage of these influencers I think that might be something that really benefits the game outside of the tour which is something that's super important right now
1: it makes it more interesting I think right because totally. like you know, these influencers have other likes outside of golf. And it's like at the end of the day, a lot, a lot of people golf, right. It might not be their like number one thing, but they golf. And so like, you know, we, we have a killer partnership um, with Katie Kearney and um, another killer partnership with Haley Ostrom. And those two have just been absolutely crushing it for us. I mean, they've been incredible. And so, I mean, you know, I think Katie's got like you know upwards of four hundred thousand followers, and and Haley's got upwards of two hundred thousand followers. In terms of just like how big has it gotten, like yeah. they drive revenue, guys. Like they're really good at what they do, and but I also think there's a mutual benefit to the second point of your uh, of your comment, right? Like, you know, can we benefit off of the influencers, but can they also benefit in working with a brand like us? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the whole idea is like, well as we grow, and we build our space, like we want to attach to a couple of people who we believe have the same ideals. They authentically like what we do and how can we boost their social following? How can we boost their brand awareness through things like paid social or through different campaigns? And so, you know, it's definitely not just a paycheck, right? It's like I think that we can grow together. And I mean, we're all young people, right? And so like part of our ethos as a brand is like, Let's work with people who are young and up and coming, and and grow our respective brands and followings together. Yeah, um, it's a
3: natural evolution, I, uh, right? And it, yeah, I think you touched on it too. With yeah, like these influencers, the brand is part of it because now they have access to resources to create more content that's engaging. Like I know with us and with Theragun and Flight Scope now and. Hopefully blue teas here coming up soon. Um <laughs> just throw it, that out there. Yeah, just Hopefully. throw it out. Like it, it it's an outlet to be creative with this stuff, right? Like I went I went to a, a little golf tournament here on the weekend and took the flight scope, put it down behind people while they were Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. When, yeah, put down the flight scope behind some people on the on the par three and every single one of them shanked it, right? Like it's not the greatest story, but like now I have a tool to go out there and like try and create some fun content so it's a it's totally a two-way relationship because Haley Ostrom is good at storytelling creating engaging content and connecting those that audience to these brands where she's not out there developing a range finder for herself so that she can do that but then it's like you guys have your team and then it's yeah mutually beneficial thing and it's cool that you're also adding in the like you want to build them up too because I think that's how yeah, it's a mutual
2: works. investment, right? On both ends. So that's that helps develop the story. I gotta know though, talk us through blue teas and the product. Like what makes it good? What makes it awesome? How does it function? Yeah. Give us a little rundown. Yeah,
1: man. Um, I mean, one, it just works, right? I mean, I don't know about you guys, but you know, if I've got a range finder number, I got two things on my mind. Like one, is it easy to use? right you know like do I have to think about it or is it just intuitive and and two, um is it accurate yes. and so um at the end of the day um it does both of those things so we've got two models we've got a series 2 pro and we've got a series 2 tour um series 2 pro is 199.99 shameless plug and the two, uh, 2 tour is 179.99 US dollars not Canadian dollars. Okay, um, no
3: shame in the plug. And,
1: <laughs> and uh, the two pro has slope and the two tour doesn't. And um, at the end of the day, uh, they just, they work, right? So they both got an 800 yard range. they have go, they both um, go, uh, I think the accuracy plus or minus one yard. Um, and then we added a couple bells and whistles on them. Right. So you've got the flag lock technology that'll vibrate when you lock onto your target. Um, you can switch modes to kind of like scan across the fairway. If you want to figure out, Hey, how far is that tree? What's that bunker on the left? What's that bunker on the right? Right. I want to avoid it. But, um, we also wanted to infuse like a little bit of Travis Matthews style into it. And what I mean by that, and going back to the disruptor comments in the beginning, like I think Travis Matthews is cool. Like I like palm trees. Mm-hmm. Like I like what they're doing. And, um, there's a little bit of SoCal vibe into it. And so one of the things that Brandon on our team really, uh, Took a strong emphasis in. Oh yeah, you got Travis Matthew's shirt on. I right don't, dude. Always <laughs> um, was was. How can we make this look a little bit cooler, right? I mean, so many rangefinders have a really dark housing. Maybe there's like one additional accent color on it, and like golf carts are dark, and you leave rangefinders in golf carts. So we wanted to add a little. Yeah, that's it right Cap there. That's there. the ticket. That is
3: smart thinking. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and so that's, um, so Brandon wanted to infuse a little bit of Southern California vibe into it, um, make it pop a little bit. And so, I mean, at the end of the day, guys, it works, it's accurate, and we just wanted to make an accessible price point uh, to people so that a lot of people could leverage it and a lot of people could use it.
3: I'm excited about that because, to be quite honest, Chris has the rangefinder. I'm my own rangefinder, And the older I get, the more days I live. Old school, my,
2: man. The abacus, the yeah, steps.
3: My error rate is definitely five to six yards right now. Like, I'm pretty good at spotting a yardage. But, yeah, it's nice. You're going to reel in your dispersion so sh- here a little bit. Exactly. I kind of just it. gun for him without him ever
2: actually saying. Just yeah. Yeah.
0: I just, I don't want to see it happen. Be like, oh, I thought it was like 135. You're like, bro.
2: 135, five iron. Yeah. So Drew, I, I have a promise to you from the 4Jack team. We have a Bushnell V2 rangefinder that will be demolished once we have a, a Blue Tees product in our hand. And we'll hey, talk about how hey good man, it is. Hey, I, man, I,
1: I don't think you should demolish it by any means. But I, but I will say, um, so there's this. Uh, so we wanted to make sure it was accurate, right? And I think that typically speaking, most people say, "Hey, the Bushnell is the benchmark," and we're like, "Well, is is the Bushnell really the benchmark? Like, is there a company out there in this world that is really like the authority on laser distance technology?" And so we found this company actually based out of Germany. And they're called Hilti. H yep. i l t i. I've heard how like how the construction
2: company, it. the tool company. Construction tool company,
1: exactly. Badass, And they are uh, arguably the, the leader in laser distance. And so what we did in the beginning was like, look, if we're going to do this, guys, let's go buy one of these, you know, $2,000 Hilti things. And as we're manufacturing and, and building and designing this Blue Tees range, trying to like, let's make sure that this shit matches up with this Hilti thing. And so I will say, I do not think you should demolish your now. But I do think you should give a blue tease the shot because it is accurate to the nth degree with third party leading companies out there. So that's what I will promise you.
3: I like cool. that you use a Hilti laser to, as the benchmark. That's a pretty badass. That's cool.
0: Well, I mean, we used to use one at work and it's like,
3: yeah you
0: better be accurate because you're building a building on top of that if it's off by like <laughs> half a yard that building's going down so, so so
2: bushnell doesn't get the endorsement it was the hilty that uh Made sure the building went up straight. That's that's good to know. <laughs> totally. Really good to know.
1: I mean, I'm 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 going with the construction company right there. That's that's where I'm placing yeah, my absolute, That's a my safe, bed.
0: not not the fishing company, right? Yeah, I'm not too worried about how far you got <laughs> exactly. to the pin. i would like to make sure this building gets up
2: straight. <laughs> so I can eat my fish in it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I like the, I like the white <laughs> color too. That's a kicker, man. Like absolutely being a former golf professional and a club professional man people even range finders and carts all the time so that that's a really smart intuitive touch i like that big ups to you guys for that totally thank you
0: i do want to kind of uh touch on your golf experience lately we were kind of talking off air you had a very close call nearly broke eighty pulling the blair weather project you're damn close but you have so (laughs) much great golf around you like in san fran like tell me like where you get out and play like what are some trips that you guys like to make? Like I'm you got five of you guys, six of you guys like to go play. Like I'm sure you yeah. guys got some good games going.
1: Yeah. So um we're lucky enough to have family up and down the west coast, all of us. So our our lodging is usually pretty inexpensive from that standpoint. But um San Francisco, um number one course for the team um is the Presidio golf course, uh Presidio Golf Course on the Presidio Federal land out here. Uh their head pros named Guy named Devin Deluca couldn't be cooler. Our age, thirty-one, and the course just rips. Um, Chris, our CEO, has been known to say that his favorite golf hole in America is their first no, hole. It's don't. like uh, maybe like it's like two fifty out front, and so he gets to hit his four iron and doesn't have to go driver off the first hole, so he's always in play, which is a huge <laughs> selling point. Safety for me dance. too, I Safety love it dance. also. Yeah. So, um, lucky enough to kind of call Presidio our home course. I mean, obviously we've got Harding park out here. Um, there are some really, really cool exclusive clubs that we've been lucky enough to play like the San Francisco golf club. I think they've got like 300 active members, which is just killer. Um, one of the guys on our team got to play Cal club a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, but I'd say that predominantly it's a lot of Southern California golf. So, uh, tory pines in San Diego. Uh we played Rancho Bernardo a couple weeks ago. Um a lot of a lot of kind of just try to get close to the ocean, I'd mm-hmm. say. I like um, we can see water, we're happy. That's a good
2: play. Well, hey Amen. Hey Amen. I think we're all soulmates here exactly. with that comment. It's going to get we got to get these boys up to Tobiano and get them get them in front of that first tee shot. Wow. Oh, you want to talk about this scared sweating, way. maybe a little bit of uh Hey, tell me more.
0: I love stepping onto a par five at any time. I do not like getting up onto the first hole and seeing one of the most intimidating tee shots on a par five. Like, I don't enjoy that.
2: It's a great hole. It's beautiful. I don't
0: care for it. But uh, we don't need to talk about my
2: doubles and triples (laughs) on the first hole. Like... Sorry Can talk. you see his, but, body, his well, body language changed even there? When he started yeah, yeah, yeah the, the, the knees went up, there, and it's kind
1: of yeah. like fetal position almost. Yeah, like, no, uh, wait, what makes, I had a
0: bit of PTSD what there. This
1: so in, <laughs> what makes it so intimidating? Do we got, like, cypress trees that are, like, covered the no fairways? Is no it, like, 10 yards wide?
2: There's like I'll, you know there what? Might be I'll three give trees you. On I'll give him a little teaser. I'll send him uh, one of the flyovers that we did with the drone when we were up there. So you can see it, but Chris can give you a little bit of his uh, his, his
0: <laughs> perspective. It, it's just it for a lefty that kind of cuts the ball, like it's not good. You cut it left, it's literally dead. I mean, it's gone into a gully. See you later, you're done. You hit it on the left side of the fairway, you can't see the green. You're just like, okay, well, I mean, you can actually just play it smart, which is what the head pro told us to do. But I mean, who listens to that?
1: They're I mean, not here to lay up. Like, just you come here to band, buy a right? dress, bro.
0: Come on. <laughs> yeah, come I came on. here to rip it. But I mean, it's fun. But yeah, it's funny. I was listening to something today and they were kind of talking about California's public golf courses and like how the Muni scene is kind of growing. And you're seeing like the resurgence of some clubs like Torrey Pines and Harding Park. And, and there's another one next to Torrey Pines. Um, shoot, the name just slipped me. I think it starts with a B. But. You're starting to see this really big resurgence of Muni courses. Have you noticed kind of something like that in the San Francisco area? Or is it like, because they were kind of talking about how the golf scene has always remained a bit of a blue collar scene in the San Francisco has area. It,
2: has it ramped up at Presidio? Do you guys, like if that's the track you guys usually play, is it busier? Do you see more traffic out there?
1: What's that like? Um, in the words of Devin, um, it is a Saturday every, every day. day right now i mean chris and i tried to get out we called this morning for a tea time at like 6 a.m on sunday morning and they essentially like laughed us off the phone they're like no we we're, were booked two weeks out um so the thing about san francisco though it's like it's a it's you know it's seven by seven right like it's it's a small city it's really densely populated and so you know, in it, you know, in the COVID climate where you don't want to go sit outside for dinner and, you know, you're not going to the, going out. I mean, the one thing to do is golf, you're golfing or you're hiking, or you're getting out of the house. And so, I mean, Presidio is booked up. I, I can't imagine what the demand at Harding park is going to be like. And now that no. you know, we've had the PGA championship there, but there are a couple of uh, cool meetings out here. You've got Lincoln park, you've got sharp park. Um, I I think just people love to golf out here and it's it's the one thing that we can do in this social distancing kind of era that we're living in.
3: I would love to play golf in some Cypress trees, like looking at Harding park that just the whole, yeah, it looks absolutely insane that even just to know that you were like, we watched on TV and you got to walk those fairways and experience that firsthand is like jelly central over here for sure.
0: But what you just said there is like such an amazing example of like what certain areas of the country have really pushed to do with muni golf courses like the whole muni the mega muni push started in like 95 with like beth page then tory then tpc and it's like you see that on tv man i, I love the way that looks i want to do that now you're gaining people from outside of the outside of the city outside of the state i mean the local rate to go play tpc for San friend local is like 70 bucks yeah as an out-of-towner it's you know it's what like is it like three bills uh, I don't know if it's that high. Is it that? High? Whatever it is, it it's,
3: doesn't matter. It's but, heavy. But it's
2: still like. It's heavy. It's not cheap.
3: Yeah. Like, it's no, heavy. Like as long as just maybe. Drive down
2: to Monterey, man. That's nice and close, right? If you're going to go for the full experience of the Cypress Trees, you got to go play Pebble or something down there.
3: Yeah, so, well. I'm going to I'm thinking maybe Tiempo, if I look like yeah. any of your business partners, maybe we'll just come down and I'll use their ID when we go play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go.
1: Look, guys, we would love to have the Four Jack Crew down in San Francisco. You guys come down, we will show you a hell of a time, and we take you up to Muni's and privates. We'll just, we'll have a good time. We'll golf and we'll drink a lot. That's what I can promise you wow, guys. We can do horrendous. that.
3: and maybe explore <laughs> the city because I've been to San Fran a couple times, and it is yeah, it's a it's a cool place. I like it down there a lot.
0: I've never had the chance just, to dip down there.
3: On the oh, note, super super fun, super fun. Actually, I got a. Uh, something we want to dive into here well at least i do on the note of san francisco knowing that it is silicon valley just the craziest world of tech like what is it like living there building a business and just that culture around like the billions and billions of dollars that are invested into things all the time
1: you know i think it's really cool um a lot of people have side hustles and a lot of people you know are dipping their toes in other things and so it's almost um, i don't it's not compe- i don't want to use the word competitive but it's almost like well they're doing it so why aren't we taking that chance and so i think it's just kind of like this really productive and like proactive like okay i saw them do this so let me go try my own thing it's really fun um it's it's great energy and it's like everybody is doing something and if you're not Why aren't
3: you? Yeah, it's cool because, yeah, just based on who you could meet and meeting a friend's friend, and you hear what they're up to, and you're like, holy crap, like, I didn't know someone was thinking about doing that, but there's like a little nugget inside there that you're like, okay, maybe we can apply this model, or like, I talked to you about how you're doing it, and then let's go over into my business over here and like start (laughs) deploying aspects of other companies' tech stuff because that's the world we live in, is like, yeah, the whole crazy tech.
0: well, I mean, to kind of, to kind of jump onto what you were saying there, Drew. I mean, everyone having a side hustle. Do you think that? I mean, that has to be in part to the actual cost of living there. I heard something today saying that like people are renting out apartments in San Francisco for like five to six thousand a month, and it's like I lived in Sydney in, in Australia, and like we rented a house out a block from the beach for six thousand a month. You're gonna tell me that an apartment is worth that much? Like you better have a side hustle.
1: Um. I well, I I can tell you that there are apartments that do cost five, six thousand bucks a month. I would be I would be curious, Is that you know, is that a two bedroom that you're talking (laughs) about here? You know, like but even for a two bedroom, it's yeah, like I mean, it's it's not cheap, right? But I think if if you're living here and you're paying your own way, right, like you've got to be motivated in some way, shape, or form, right. And I think that's what's really fun. That's the like driving Everybody, force major, yeah. Totally. yeah, like it's, it's like eat or be eaten, right? Like, I don't even know if that's a saying, but you, you can't, you, you, you have to work your ass off or else the city will swallow you whole and you're getting out of San Francisco. You're moving
3: yeah, to Kansas. Totally.
1: Yeah. In
3: in based anymore. on tea yeah, time totally. availability doesn't necessarily sound like a bad option right like two yeah. weeks out i'd be having a panic attack if i had to book a tea time two weeks out never play <laughs> golf i'd just be hitting balls into my backyard i would live and die at the range there
2: you go yeah that's it don't even have to be playing golf it, the
1: the range opened today at noon and i got there at 10 after and I couldn't get on the range because there was already a lineup for every stall there. I was, I I swear to you, Chris, I was like, what, what gives? Like I thought I was here on time. This is crazy. I I think
0: the bigger question to ask is what kind of range is opening at noon? (laughs) <laughs> should only should on, be opening at only 7 Only
1: on Tuesdays There's there's range maintenance on Tuesdays Ah, clean uh, pick I was like, that is the
0: wildest golf biz job ever Like, yeah, I'm in the biz I start at noon
2: 12 yeah. to 2 so <laughs> Then we go play yeah. He likes
0: getting yeah. the line built up So that there's a lot of demand Really <laughs> And then you just say, coast My golf life My golf career didn't uh, start at noon That's for, It started maybe at 2 But yeah, I was there till 4.30 11. Yeah <laughs>
2: Fuck, those are brutal days. Drew, we always like to ask our guests one wow factor story from their their time or their connection with golf. Is there a, is there something that really stands out for you? Maybe it was an experience or a golf course you played or something that really had an effect on you, but it has to be golf related.
1: We need something wow factor. It has, it has to be golf related and it has to be wow, wow factor and it has to do with me. Um, for you, yeah, for you wow factor. Yeah. So I've got I've got three little sisters. Um, and I went um <laughs> I went golfing with uh my dad. At the time it was my sister's boyfriend? I think in me. And my sister's boyfriend gets up there and like rips one down a par four. And my I come from very traditional conservative family. And my sister's boyfriend looks at my dad and goes, Hey. Dave, um, I know you're getting ready to tee off now, but uh, I got to ask you a serious question. Um, I'd like to, you know, move in with your daughter. And I and I know we're not married, but, you know, it's, it's in the plans. And my dad is just fucking frazzled, guys. Like, <laughs> like, you could just see it, it, it catches him off guard. I, I promise you the story gets better. So... He's frazzled. He's like, uh, what are your intentions? Like he doesn't know what to say. And he gets up there and he shanks one 45 feet to the right. It might've gone 10 yards in front of him. And I'm walking up to the tee box and he comes back and he goes, how did I handle that? I was like, you eh, handled it fine, man. <laughs> Time it was was perfect. And so, and well, to top the story off, um, or it's 162 yards uphill and i took a seven iron and one of those famous kirkland golf balls and i hit my first hole in one wow what? so that that i yeah so that was that's my that's my golf story that will forever live with me so that's it perfect was just chaos kind of
3: like, love, yeah
1: it was just kind of like one of these what the fuck just happened moments
3: i love how you tied that all together with every like family <laughs> a little bit of like controversy to get a shank and then a hole in one with a kirkland golf ball that's well played. I think you should you should have been the one to actually give the blessing to the
0: boyfriend as well after that. Like, <laughs> hey, Dad, You're done, man. I, it's my day. He's yeah. allowed. You he can do whatever he wants. I'll monitor we the situation. Perfect.
1: Like I'm on cloud nine after that and we go off and we tee off on the next hole and I take that Kirkland golf ball and I'm, I'm feeling so good. And I try to swing as hard as I can and I snap that hook snap hook that thing so far out of bounds. I lost my hole-in-one golf ball. You didn't ball put it back right in though. the bag. Shit happens. She go. I like. She go. She I went, like went real <laughs> out of
0: bounds. How did you not put that in the bag? That's he was like on it, man. One. He was on it on a
1: cloud
3: because <laughs> he's Dude, thinking that thing's you
1: know, hot. You know, like you like. Like you're saying, I was like, man, if I ever break 80, that's that's it for golf, right? You're like, no, 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 that's just Jeez. gonna motivate you even more. I was like, man, this I just got amazing. a hole in one. Like, let's drive this par four. Like, <laughs> on the whole right now.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna shoot oh, 72 goodness. today with this Kirkland and then
0: course that,
2: record right now.
0: That thing, that thing had a boiling exactly. point. It hit the boiling point when it get when it makes an ace. You take
2: it and you put it away. That thing, is, there's no
0: more that it can do. It's done. Write one on it. Put it in the bag. I'll see you when I get home.
2: Sign it. Put it in a. <laughs> put it in a frame for Pull sure. Pull out the Dunlop. <laughs> Pull out the water ball. <laughs> yeah. True. Where can our listeners find Blue Tees Golf? Find information. Give us your socials. Maybe some of your influencers. Yeah. All that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. So uh, blueteesgolf.com. Um, you can find us on all social channels: Facebook, uh, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. It's My the same handle at. Yeah. Oh, my blast from the past. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, at blue tees golf and then, um, coming very soon to, um, our brothers up North. Um, we're getting ready to, to launch it on Amazon Canada guys. Cool. So that's going to be pretty big for us. We're super stoked on that. Um, we, we do international shipping right now, but, uh, yeah, all the blue domains, uh, that's where you can find us. And then, uh, yeah, Katie Kearney, Haley Ostrom, Blair Wheeler, DJ Lance. I mean, if you guys check out their profiles, you'll see Blue Tees Golf on there, um, in some way, shape, or form. Um,
3: yeah. One final little question: Where'd the name Blue yeah. Tees come from?
1: <laughs> so that's a that's a Chris Markham uh, right there. He, uh, you know, like you ever like? Well, you guys are PGA pros. So you guys are actually good at golf. I'm but, not. Like, don't worry. You <laughs> so like, not, when, not anymore, bro. Know, not anymore. <laughs> but like when you go golfing with your buddies, or if it's like two of you and they're like two randos, like what's the question that you always ask? Like Tees, playing from play. the whites or are we playing from the blues? Like and and our sense. whole thing nice. is well like like shit, cool. we want to be good enough to play from the blues. Let's get the confidence to do that. So that's kind of where it uh always incepted.
0: Don't ever go play with Parksy then. There's Tips. there's no option of a blue tease. It's like, how what, deep you can it your back foot sprint? get in the rough? Got
1: one foot in the
2: rough all day, man. Came to play the golf course, dude. I didn't come to play half of it. Come I on. like
3: Parksy's oh philosophy God. on this, too, to be quite honest. But I live somewhere in between <laughs> my two Chris buddies over here. And it's like, okay, we're going to work on Chris over here building speed so we can go put our back foot in the rough with Parksy. I got to build my speed, too, right now. I'm good. Yeah. Ooh. I'll but be I like honest. That. I'm a fan of the combo tees.
0: I've mean, been, I've been <laughs> dipping into the combo tee world lately. Like, yeah. Good marriage. Yeah, Good like marriage. We, there's a course out here in the city at the, the the Quarry Golf Club, and I was out there a couple weeks ago with my buddy, and I was like, hey, man, can we want just play the front tees on all par threes today? I was like, this would be sick. And it's like, yeah, I'd love to go hit a bunch of wedges and nine irons. Like, that sounds great. And it was a blast. <laughs> I like, agree uh, with
3: you. Par a- three combo tee, we did that. We yeah. played the twos, and then we played par threes from the threes because it's like, yeah, I do get sick of 200-yard par threes, right? Like, that's just... Eight. not enjoyable all the time give me something tasty with like a nine or an eight or a seven i th-
2: i think next time it's going to be important to have your blue tees range finder and then you'll be dialed in for all the par three
3: so it's gonna be good times
1: i love it i mean at the end of the day golf's supposed to be fun right so like why not That's absolutely right i love
3: it when you're sick and twisted like i am sometimes it's like the fun <laughs> of it is just like can we hang on for life out here today
1: and not have a breakdown <laughs> But Zy- Zyre Golf, uh, the Instagram account, had a yeah. pretty funny post today about being sick on the golf course. It I laughed. So cool. Yeah, I know it's been that. going
2: around. It was good, man. <laughs> Made it to twelve and then pulled the shoot. Loved it. Yeah.
1: Oh my god. So good. We've all, we, we've been there, been close to that before. Yeah. Oh,
2: everyone's been on both sides
1: of
0: that fence. So. <laughs> you get yeah, into absolutely. a tournament, and you're dry heaving on the second hole, and you're like, "Holy man! Like,
2: we got to pull it together here, boys! Like, we got a big day. This is club championship."
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's been
2: fun yeah totally drew man can't thank you enough for being on the show today and sharing some stories and, and sharing some time it's been a lot of fun we look forward to pushing blue tees through the uh, four jack channels up here in canada so that's going to be awesome and maybe uh try and sneak down once the borders open
1: Dave, when the borders open come down really appreciate you guys uh having me on yeah uh, so thank you guys very much absolutely appreciate Dibs you. on
3: that couch in the back i'll just sleep there like i already know i'm gonna <laughs> like our time when we come visit for sure like i already sign up your pillow yeah that one right there yeah. right under kobe
1: it's a, it a pullout man it's a pullout couch all yours got your name on it man it's good
3: too because go. he's gonna
0: yeah, put exactly. his jacket over a couple of those uh, boxes of balls and just take them on the way out but that's okay <laughs> i'll ask, first. Yeah, he'll ask first. <laughs> just need kobe watching over me there you go yes. Love it. Right. thanks a lot You really appreciate your time tonight peace Drew cheers talk to you see you everybody we'll chat with you next week hello
3: 4Jack podcast
0: fam it's your boy Active Nation and thank you for listening to the 4Jack podcast it would mean the absolute world to us if you could go hit that subscribe button and leave us a lovely 5 star review on the Apple podcast app you know what because that would really make our day thank you and let's keep on golfing baby I kinda
2: like that last one. Okay, then we're good, got it.